Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Well, here we are again for another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon, the Kansas University of Kansas Health System is our big sponsor of the Jayhawker Podcast, along with the President Hotel, downtown Hilton. Phillips Trenad does a great job down there. But the Jayhawker Podcast is proud and excited to welcome one Raymond Bashard in his 26th year as your volleyball coach. What's up, Coach? Hey, how's everybody doing? We're doing good. Um, obviously, we got the pre-conference uh, portion of our schedule out of the way. So we start kind of phase three of our season with a uh, big 12 conference play this week. So we're excited about that. Yeah. Friday head down to Lubbock, Texas with kind of a, a new way of doing things. You know, you've been around a long, long time, but talk about how the schedule works now in our, in the kind of new and improved big 12 conference. There's no longer a uh, double round Robin home and away. Talk about how this will work moving forward. Yeah, typically uh, over the years, we had uh, a Wednesday-Saturday format, which we really liked. Um, and we would play each of our opponents once at home and once on the road. So, you know, the whole motto of true champion was really, really accurate in that uh, you got everybody's best shot uh, at their place and your place. So, you know, with uh, expansion comes uh, uh, some quirks in the schedule. So this year we're going to, uh, we're going to play six of our Big 12 opponents twice and six of them once. So uh, if we play somebody like Texas Tech is one of the teams that uh, we'll play twice down at their place, we'll go back-to-back nights, which presents some unique challenges in that. But uh, so it, it is what it is. It's not uh, It's not going to be an exact and pure science with that number of teams. And, and moving forward, I'm sure we'll see different uh, – uh, with another uh, batch of teams joining us next year, uh, I'm sure we'll see even some more tweaks to the schedule. But we're we're excited about it. Uh, Tech has uh, had a a solid pre-conference uh, start themselves, so it'll, it'll it'll be a great opportunity for us to get Big 12 off to a good start. And coach, talk to us a little bit about uh, your pre-conference uh, schedule and just kind of evaluating how that is. You got one loss, but you have a nice signature win over a top 25 opponent. Uh, what type of momentum do you feel like your team has going into the gauntlet that is the Big 12? And uh, and do you feel like you guys have established such a, a true identity, something that this team can hang their hat on going into conference play? You know, as you look at pre-conference schedule, you want it to be demanding enough, Wayne, to where um, the Big 12 doesn't shock your system when you jump into it. But at the same time, given the strength of our schedule within the Big 12, you want to schedule to a level where you can have some success and create some opportunities to build a little depth. And we think we've effectively done that. Um, you know, we were a little worried about strength of schedule uh, after the first few weeks, but uh, Pepperdine's going to end up being a really good win for us. Um, you know, Wichita State and Colorado are going to do extremely well within their conference. And then the two matches we had with Marquette and, and Purdue certainly will serve us well moving forward. And Texas State's favorite, I think, to win their conference as well. So, yes, I do think we have a uh, some good momentum. I think we've used uh, 
our roster in a way that we've created some uh, some confidence in our depth. And I do think we've seen a lot of different systems and uh, teams play us different ways that will help us moving forward. But uh, we're about to enter into a different level of physicality and a different level of uh, athleticism in the Big 12 on a consistent basis. And, and uh, I think we're prepared to do that. Speaking of your roster, I want you to highlight uh, an anchor to that roster. And, of course, your son, Brennan Bouchard, former Kansas basketball player on the staff. So you're really integrated within Kansas men's basketball. And there's kind of a, a running joke in the office that Dewan Harris is actually the second best point guard on campus. <laughs> the first and top point guard on campus is your setter, Cameron Turner. Tell us a little bit about uh, her ability uh, to, to just lead and run your team. Yeah, and I do think uh, when they played, Wayne, when they played that game of knockout, you know, last spring, I think Cameron knocked Dewan out. So there might be a little bit of, uh, uh, there might be a little bit of truth to that. No, we love Dewan Harris, uh, but we, you know, obviously we love Cam Turner, who, uh, you know, you're right when you associate what she does with a, a point guard mentality or a quarterback mentality. She leads our offense. Uh, she makes great choices and decisions. She's a, uh, one of our best right back defenders I've had in my 26 years here, and we've had a bunch of them. But uh, she creates uh, an opportunity for offense to run smoothly because she can she can attack, uh, she can make good choices, and she's the, the she's just the optimal teammate. I mean, she's uh, she's going to give you her best each and every night. She teammates at a high level, and um, she creates a, a competitive confidence within our team that's really really important as we move forward. So. Lucky to have the little lefty uh, in the lineup, um, and she's already into her junior year. Seems like it's going fast, but uh, she's going to be one of the the best ones to play that her that position for us by the time she's done here. Well, last couple of weeks we've had Mark Francis and Jamie Bermel, and you've been around a long time, just like those guys have. And we talked about facilities and how much Rock Chalk Park has meant to Mark, how much the golf facilities meant to Jamie, and you've been through two volleyball centers, you know, both uh, by the Horsch family. And talk about your facility, the atmosphere there. And I kind of thought about it because of what happened in Nebraska a few weeks ago with 90,000-plus people being at their volleyball match and really brought a, uh, you know, kind of a, a, an interest level that we've never seen. At, but 90,000 people, have we talked about doing something like that in Lawrence? And as a, a veteran of, of volleyball, how happy were you to see that kind of take on the forefront, a sports center, everywhere you talk about it, that's what that's all people were talking about. It brought a ton of attention to your sport. Yeah, I think it was a it was a really cool opportunity for people to kind of uh, create some conversations around our sport, and you know the participation levels at the high school level are, are higher than any other female sport. So, I think the word's getting out. Um, uh, we've we've lagged behind a little bit sometimes in some media exposure or television coverage. But yesterday on TV, you know, we have on ESPN, ESPN two, we're on Fox Sports, uh, and there were some great matches. And I think that momentum's that uh, from the volleyball day in Lincoln certainly is going to carry through, um, not only in the short term but in the long term. And uh, you know, just in regard to our facility, you know, we had a couple recruits in this weekend and sometimes we don't ever take for granted um, how we're supported or the facilities we have. I think we're always grateful for that. But when 
when people from the outside come in and they see the level of support and they see the the energy and enthusiasm and the fan base and the 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 sheer excitement in the Horish family volleyball arena they're really it really hits them uh uh in a big time way so uh we've got a lot to offer there and you know i know you know as I, my buddy from texas always said hey why don't we play in allen Fieldhouse?" and i said because we got a better chance of beating you in Horish. that's why we play in Horish. <laughs> but just from a, a bigger perspective a fan perspective maybe there's a time and a place where you know that could happen something like that just to get create more opportunity for fans to see our sport which we think is growing rapidly and it's uh gaining uh tons of fans by the minute and speaking of that incredible environment at uh at horse arena i can't help but uh, think about uh, the banners that you've helped uh, hang up uh, in that arena whether it's a big 12 championship in, in 2016 and of course the final four and in, in uh, 2015 and the retired jerseys two of your former players kelsey payne and uh, nisei havila who just went into uh, the Kansas Athletics uh, Hall of Fame uh, here recently. Uh, and then, of course, we know, we know about the 26 years that you've been here, but, man, four-time Big 12 Coach of the Year. And so there have been some key ingredients that have gone to help uh, just an incredible amount of success that you've had as a coach and then helping individuals. Tell us what have been some of those key kind of non-negotiables uh, that you want to see ingrained in your team season in and season out. Yeah, you know, we – we always talk about, hey, are you contributing more than you're going to consume? And I know it sounds, maybe that sounds uh, pretty simplistic, but uh, for a program or any organization to be successful, man, you got to have a ton of people who are willing to give a little bit more than they take. So we talk about that on a on a consistent basis. And, uh, you know, it. I, I've been through a lot, obviously, in 26 years with a lot of different administrations, a lot of different uh, coaches and coaching staffs and players. But my, my love for this place has always been uh, obviously pretty consistent and the willingness to put a, a product out there that all the Jayhawk fans can be proud of is something I, you know, I come to work with each and every day, but we're, we're so well supported right now from a, from an administration standpoint. Um, our, our, our fan base is well established and now we play in a great league. And we're in a good region for volleyball. And uh, I'm just really blessed to have what, uh, you know, our staff's been together now five or six years. and uh, We're all on the same page and really all wanting to do the same things. And, you know, we got to add a, a third assistant and we got a full-time director of ops and tech coordinator. And all those things go together with and, and create a synergy for, for maintaining excellence. And that's what we want to do. You know, we've had some ebb and flow to, um, our, our success during my time here. And we want to consistently be one of the teams that people look at um, and say, hey, that's a that's a bona fide top 20 team every year. Uh, and we're, we're given the support to do that. And uh, we've got the student athletes who, who have bought into that. And I think, Wayne, if I come to work every day with the idea that uh, uh, this place could be something special and we've got the people in place to do that, I think we give ourselves a chance. Well, you know, we've talked to other coaches about the atmosphere around Kansas athletics. And again, you've been there for 26 years. You've had a lot of different bosses, a lot of different administrators. But have you been a part of more momentum and enthusiasm about Kansas athletics as a whole? No, no, no. We've never had the, the two key pieces, well, three key pieces, but we've never had Lance and uh, Coach Leipold and Coach Self here at the same time. Uh, 
and and and, and you know women's basketball is in a great place and then i walk up and down my hallway and you met, you mentioned mark and, and jamie and and then todd chapman and and uh and lindsey and it goes on and on with clark and and uh you know women's softball and, and stanley so there is a camaraderie now uh, amongst that group and we've got great leadership in travis and his group um and then you know let's be let's be real about it coach self kept, kept us afloat for year after year after year and and uh and we we managed uh simply because men's basketball was a driving factor and all that now we've got We've got a ton of help with a guy who's going to obviously building it the right way and building it a sustainable way. So I would say that this is as good as it's ever been. And I can say that uh, uh, based on just the information we talked about. Coach, a little bit earlier, you mentioned how good regional high school volleyball is um, here in the in the Kansas City area. And and of course, all three of us are native Kansans, so we not only take a, an immense amount of pride and in representing the University of Kansas, but also take pride when there's good state, good talent that's generated all around the state. And even looking at your roster, you have eight players who are from uh, the area, whether it's the Kansas City area or maybe even expanding out west. How important is it for you uh, and your staff to, to, to focus, to identify uh, top local talent and to make sure that, that they stay here and, and, and play well and represent well? Yeah, it's critical. And, and, and for us, it's critical to be the, the uh, I think, the central figure in that development. So whether it's through camps or clinics or whatever, and we, our staff, we were having that conversation the other day. We hope that indirectly or directly, uh, our, our involvement in this region through camps, clinics, and everything else has created, over the last 10, 15 years, has created what might be one of the more fertile recruiting areas in the country right now. Um, and the club, the club situations are well organized and, and well attended and, and nationally are very, very, very well respected. And obviously that if you're going to have that, you're going to have great high school volleyball in the region too. So um, I, I think it's, I think it's extremely critical that we, we're, we're a part of that. And not only are we a part of it, but we're, we're continuing to be a part of it by giving some of those kids opportunities to come here after they put in the time and work to to be at the point where they're getting recruited at this level. So um, it's great to drive down the road. We'll drive down the road here in a couple of weeks and see a, a match between a, a Kansas City school and a team from Iowa where there's three or four division one prospects, you know, uh, it, playing in that match. And uh, uh, we want to he participate heavily in that, in the development of that, and also uh, on the end of it where we, we hope some of those young women are suiting up to be Jayhawks someday. Well, Coach, we appreciate you. I've obviously known you for a long time back in the days out in, in West Lawrence, living by the Pollards and seeing your kids grow up, seeing your program grow up. And uh, part of our success as an athletic department, I know, like you said, Coach Selfs has, has really kept everything going. But, man, for 26 years, you've done an amazing job. And I hope you got, oh, what do you think? Ten more years? What? 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 what, what are you, are you gonna make it to thirty, thirty-five? What do we think? Are you just concentrated on twenty-six? I'm I'm excited about this year, and as long as we're having fun, uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep moving in a good direction. So. Well, it's always fun. Get over to Horse if you don't have tickets. It's a great atmosphere, nice and cozy. It gets crowded. It's kind of like remember my playing days, Gallagher Iowa was a small place, seated maybe six thousand. Yeah. And it was the loudest place. We can make Horsch 
the loudest place in the conference and uh, get out and support Ray Bouchard and the Kansas volleyball team. Go to KUAthletics.com. Get out. Watch them on ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. But uh, Ray does an unbelievable job, and uh, we uh, are really fortunate to have you join us here today. Thanks, guys. All right, that was uh, Coach Ray Bouchard in his 26th year. Got the girls off to a 9-1 and one start, heading to Lubbock, Texas on Friday for kind of a kind of an interesting deal. You know, you play back-to-back nights as opposed to it used to be a, a Wednesday-Saturday. And so he, he mentioned it, that it'll be a little different because of the, you know, you could play 10 sets, right? And that's a lot on a back-to-back. You don't do that very often. Well, I mean, you and I both have have daughters. Your your daughters are older than mine and right. age out, but they play club volleyball, right? My daughters are in the they thick might play of it six right matches now, a day. They'll play that in a day. <laughs> They're playing, you know, point. you know, three three days in a row, six matches a day, and so I'm not quite sure that uh, the, it'll tax uh, those girls nearly as much as what we think it is because of the club experience that they that they do have. Right. And who knows? Maybe it'll help be an advantage to them. You know, one of the things in in conference realignment and Olympic sports, and especially those sports that play midweek is the amount of travel that has to take place uh, during midweek and classes miss and getting in late and things like that. And so who knows, maybe this new format could be advantageous for them uh, in that regard to keep them home and fresh a little bit and, and in class. Yeah, it would be interesting. He mentioned it to have uh, – uh, I brought up the Nebraska deal where 90,000-plus people went and filled Memorial Stadium there in Lincoln to watch their team. They had a concert afterward, and everybody was covering it. And it was great for women's sports. Because that's that was the what everyone was talking about was that event and and you know hopefully we do something like that soon. And he, he mentioned Allen Fieldhouse and uh, that could be something to watch for. We got a we got a staff meeting tomorrow. Should we, me and you bring that up? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if uh, if that's gonna, gonna make the off? list, but no. um, yeah, it could be a good great. They got a great opportunity every night in uh, in in Horse Arena. Well, Saturday night, last Saturday night, we had another win for Kansas football. Did you make it to the end, or did you fall asleep? Didn't quite make it to the end, but felt you're like 40 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Felt felt good uh, about it. Actually, I woke up and there were a bunch of text messages on my phone. And I was actually scared, a little scared to answer the text messages. Oh. So I went right to, right to the score, uh, checked the score, answered the text messages, and then and then got a chance to, to rewatch you, the highlights. I'm there. a true fan. I stayed to the very end. Out at Johnny's West. Okay, let's uh, we, go. We, Wayne and I were involved in the Bill Self Fantasy Camp all weekend. We had our our banquet or whatever. We I was coaching championship Sunday the next day. I had to make sure we had a our team had a curfew. That was in my notes. This guy right here is a champion coach now. Team Simeon beat Team Wainwright or who was it? He was Team Chalmers. Coach team by, Chalmers. I'm sorry. By, by coached Jerry by Wainwright. Jerry Wainwright, who's an interesting study. Grudge match. Jerry Wainwright, who is a veteran of the Bill Self Fantasy Camp, has been a coach for a long, long time. He was at Fresno State. He was at Richmond. He was at DePaul. When he was at Richmond, Wayne had a bit of an axe to grind. That's why it was such a big deal that his guys beat Jerry. Because Jerry came in here years and years and years ago, and one of Bill Self's home losses was to the Richmond Spiders, coached by Jerry Wainwright. So... You kind of gave it back to him yesterday, Sunday afternoon, 
and got a championship. Yeah, it was definitely a grudge match. It was one of Coach's 17 losses. Coach was actually there yesterday watching. Yes. And so he was um, one of probably 45 watching. Yes. It's, yes, it was. Crowd. But anyway, it was a great, great atmosphere in the field house. And, and I'll tell you what, we only beat them by 14. But as you and I both know, a 14 point win in a Bill Self fantasy camp where most dudes are, what was the average age? 55? Yeah, yeah, probably a little less than that. Yeah, yeah. It's called so, 45. So it was like a 30-point blowout, Yeah, as I would like to say. Because it's kind of a battle of attrition there on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> After I'm, I'm kind of the unofficial social coordinator of the uh, camp, so we have a lot of fun on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. The guys that can still run are the ones that don't hang out with me till 1 o'clock at Johnny's West. Uh, and they, uh, but you're right. A 14 point lead is like being up by 40. Yes, and I didn't call off the dogs late. I noticed into that. that. Was that a Jerry Wainwright like kind of? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Because our, I, I, I remember to this day the headline for that loss in the UDK the next morning, and it was spider bitten. Right, the Richmond Spiders. All right, good. Spiders is, a, is their mascot. It was actually a pretty good headline. That's good. Yeah, it, was, oh, it, was it good stuck headline. with you for twenty years. Yeah, it did. It did. But I was like, man, we got a, we got a, we got a grudge match here. You know, it's kind of interesting, and we're we're gonna we need to get back to football. But of Bill's seventeen losses, the non-conference losses aren't against UCLA, Arizona, whatever, Richmond, Oral Roberts, uh, Nevada. Some of the non-conference ones, you're kind of like head scratchers. They're not who you would think. Obviously, there there was a Kentucky in there. There's a few others. But but Oral Roberts, Richmond, and Nevada. Well, we can actually turn that back into football because that's one of the things that you got to be aware of, right? We just came off a huge win uh, beating a Power 5 team in Illinois. Maybe we're looking ahead a little bit to – We're 28-point favorite. Yeah, 28-point favorite. That's what everyone's pointing to. Uh, He only won by seven. All right, well, you won. Sure, sure. And then maybe looking ahead to BYU and the excitement of getting back to, to Memorial Stadium with, you know, undefeated record and a, and a new Big 12 opponent. You talk about some of the individuals in that game on Saturday. Jalen, just under 300 yards passing. I believe he had 298, only six incompletions, 21 of 27. Uh, Devin Neal over 100 yards passing in, excuse me, rushing and receiving three touchdowns. Jalen did not have a touchdown, which was – you, you watch the game. Twice our guys ended up on, like, the one-inch line, and then Devin ran it in. But uh, Jalen Daniels, it's so fun to watch him operate back there and just kind of dissect the defense and then just deliver just bullets right. I mean, just hit some perfect – there was a couple of catches on the sideline in that second half because the game, like, you were never comfortable because we'd go up by we, – we'd have an 80-yard drive like that – and then Nevada would come back and tie it up. So I was like, can we just get up by a couple scores? So Because it was one of those games where you're like, yeah, okay, let's go. And then uh, Kenny Logan ended up with nine tackles and the biggest tackle. Yeah, defense was great. And the biggest tackle of the night. Uh, it was fourth down. Uh, and if Nevada doesn't get it, the game's over. We run the clock out. But Kenny busted through the line on one of those little handoff as the wide receiver kind of sweep deal. And Kenny busted through there, got him. Game over, wave goodbye, 3-0, and come home, parents weekend, BYU. Everyone, we all bitched and moaned over the years about all these 11 o'clock start, 11 o'clock start. We have back-to-back 230 ABC games. Kansas versus BYU Saturday in the booth. 
then the following Saturday in Austin, Texas. So that just came out and it was announced a 2.30 start for that one as well, which the great thing about that is it puts our program out there. You know, you're going up against the SEC and everybody. I mean, it's a big boy game and we're starting to play in those big boy games. Yeah. I mean, and thinking back to Saturday, you know, it's not bad to, to have to win ugly early. Sure. Because ultimately, we're probably going to have to to steal one or win ugly at some point in time during conference play, and it's likely going to be on the road uh, away yeah. from home. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe that could have been something that you know they prepared us for. And and then even thinking about, you know, as late of a start that it was, and this is something that you think about sometimes in basketball, and that's bitten us at times. Is one of the unique things about a late kick or a late tip is. Like having to wait around all day in a hotel, no fun. But one of the things that also happens is, is there are a ton of other games that are happening right. ahead of you. And usually if there's multiple upsets like there were last Saturday, mm-hmm. right? Maybe we had a couple other Big 12 teams go down. Think, yeah, yeah Miami of Ohio came up, had a big win. And How about Oklahoma State? Oh, yeah. I, I haven't been following, but I saw that score. South Alabama goes into Stillwater 33-7. to oh, seven. So I don't. I don't know what's going on, yeah. but I didn't. I mean, it bothers me as a Big Twelve fan, but also um, we go to Stillwater here in two or three weeks. So, yeah. But if you're an underdog and you're playing late at night and you're watching these upsets, what does that do to you, right? It builds and breeds confidence to like, hey, we yeah. got a chance to to go give it a shot and sure. to and no, to potentially we, have an upset. You know, we deal with that. You you and I both dealt with that a lot, where we sit around all day because these big Monday games. You tip at eight o'clock at night. And you're on the you're in Morgantown, West Virginia, just killing time. Now, on a Monday, it's a little different. There's not a lot of games before, but just sitting around is tiring. There's only so many meetings you can have. Yeah, you you've watched all the film. You're not robots. They want you to go be your own guy. And they'll have some meetings, let you sleep in. But it's a nine thirty kick. Uh, but hey, they figured it out. And granted, we didn't win like all the experts thought. But how about that? Just the respect that. We were picked as a 28-point favorite. Now, on to this week, where we talk about BYU. BYU goes into SEC country and beats Arkansas, who had started out 2-0, packed stadium. They go in there and win. So they're coming into Lawrence at 3-0. And it's, word on the street is, is that the BYU fan base travels really well. I've heard that as well. We will find out. Now, the good thing is they'll probably wear blue, so they'll kind of, <laughs> they'll kind of, uh, you know, Kind of like well, hopefully the good thing is, is that the Jayhawk faithful shows up yes. in as good a number as we've seen all season long, still still waiting to get to our first sellout, kind and of that fall. they kind of crowd them out, right? We're getting kind of fall weather. It's going to be still in the 80s, but it ain't going to be 100. But so. it feels more like football, too. But it too. feels like football yeah. weather. And and so how many times have we said it on this program? We've now said it. We've had a couple home games. We haven't quite packed the booth to the to the levels we'd like to. And I've said no excuses already twice. I'm going to say it again. It's parents' weekend, so if you got your kids up there, even if you don't, if you got a, a friend who has kids up there, come up, hang out, make the hill the place to be. And it's our first Saturday game. That's good. Well, at home, yeah. Yeah, first yeah. Saturday, first home, home game on Saturday. Which, yeah, which there's no uh, high school football that. Yeah. that you have an excuse for. And I, I keep saying excuse like I'm mad at people, but I, we've got to support We've got to get out there. I mean, these what what Lance and his staff have, have done with these kids has made Kansas football fun again. 
I'm getting calls just like you are. People wanting tickets. That wasn't the case. We were we were giving stuff away for years. It, people want to be there, and we need more people like that. Uh, the kids deserve it. There's guys Jalen and Kenny and Devin who who have all had opportunities to go other places. And we've talked about transfer portal. We've talked about NIL, and we talked to Quentin Lassiter last week. He wanted to be a part of the rebuild, and that's the same with Jalen. Devin, Kenny, and go on and on and on down the line. These guys want to be a part of it. And uh, we need them to see that support from Jayhawk Nation. Yeah, it's going to be a great opportunity, great game environment and atmosphere on Saturday. So make sure you guys get your tickets and come on out to that. Early on this week, we know that uh, basketball has started boot camp, which we've always heard so much about. You experienced two of Roy Williams' boot camp early. It was just called off-season conditioning, and it was awful. It was awful when I played. It was awful when you played. Boot camp's no different, and we were with all the guys all weekend. I was sitting there with Hunter yesterday. I was like, boot camp's tomorrow. What time's it starting? He goes, he's like, we've got to be there at 7, you know, all sad. And I was like, well, strap them up, bud. Have fun today. You're going to get after it. I don't feel sorry for those guys. I don't either. Cause, cause, so what? Seven a.m.? No, 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 no. What? What? I, I had. I hate being the old guy that was like, "Hey, I used to walk to school uphill in the snow, ways. uphill both ways." I hate being that guy. But I'll be that on this topic right here. Why? Because I experienced the first boot camp at the University of Kansas, which is pretty different than what it looks like today because. As a coach transitions in, he's actually trying to like Announce prove some his things. Presence yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. He's like trying to prove some things. So it's it's interesting, even like in this boot camp. Okay, they started at at seven a.m. Like back when it originally started, it was we're stretching at five fifty a.m., which means you're up at five a.m. Maybe if you could even go to sleep. Some sometimes the anxiety was so high. That dudes couldn't even get a full night's sleep. We got guys sleeping in their practice gear. We got guys sleeping with ankle braces on. We got guys sleeping in the locker room, all right, just to make sure they don't miss that time. And, you know, there's talks about, hey, maybe the boot camp will be condensed because they had the foreign tour. No, no, no. When I was there, we went to Canada, and we had 10 practices, played three games, and then we still showed up to Lawrence and had the full two-week boot camp, the full one. And so it's, it's it's a little hard for me to be empathetic to those guys in this in this situation. We were talking. He came in and cracked the whip on us. You and I were talking Saturday and Sunday about the holdovers. It was you, Keith, Aaron, Mike, a few other guys had two years of Roy Williams yep. and then two years of Bill Self. What? Uh, how, number one, who was probably the most angry about the switch of coaches? And y'all obviously warmed up. Sure, 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 sure. But but at the time it happened, Coach Williams leaves. Bill Self comes in. Talk. I think it's a great story because you've told me this one before about the first meeting in the locker room with Bill Self. What did one of your best friends say to Bill? I mean, it was it was tough. Everyone, and condense it. Yeah, know, no, no. I mean, it, I, obviously, every, everyone was upset <laughs> because of the you know the amount of success you know that we had had. And, um, you know, enjoying a certain style of play uh, with the, the fast pace and, you know, 
secondary break scoring, you know, 90 plus a game. And then, you, you know, big 10, big guy, 10 guy who's, you know, defensive and wants to keep it in the 50s. So it was, a, it was a little tough. It was a little tough in that. And, you know, when, when coach first, first came in, you know, it's difficult in any situation, but then to come in with guys that had success and expectations and dudes were making all kind of requests, you know, I'm asking, Hey, what did you tell the Illinois guys? And Aaron miles like, Hey, we want to wear, wear, wear red uniforms. And, you know, Keith Lankford's throwing darts at him and all those type of things. And, and, I, and I'll say this, had I known he was going to make boot camp so tough <laughs> a few months after that, I might've played a little nicer, you know, when he came in and might not have tried to, to interrogate him uh, nearly as much, but, but I will say this about boot camp is the utility behind it has less to do about conditioning right, right. and it's all about toughness, yeah. which is, you know, we talked to, to Coach Ray Bouchard a little bit earlier uh, in the pod and we're asking him, hey, what are some non-negotiables? What are some key ingredients that you want your program to be built around? And he went into that about what he said. Well, we know about Bill Self, one of those key ingredients, one of those staples, a, a, key, a key pillar in that foundation is toughness. Right. And that's what it's all about. You know, waking up early, uh, conditioning, you know, no basketballs in the gym. Uh, and it's really the, 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 the hardest because of the freshmen. They've never experienced anything like that. They've never been as sore. They've but now those the, fresh, they're not freshmen anymore. They're transfers. It, freshmen it, and it, transfers, it, it's, yeah. It's, you know, we really we got a few freshmen, but it's the new guys. I mean, Hunt. You didn't go through this. Yeah. Well, and it's I, tougher I, for big guys too, man. If you if you don't if you don't run well, if you're not an athlete, a quick twitch guy, and changing direction, because, it could be a lot tougher because boot for big camp guys. and conditioning has changed. When we were doing it, you had to run a mile, or you had to run a 200 on the track, or we had these things called combinations that you'd you'd run a 200 on the track, then run up the Campanile and back down in a certain time, and it was awful because uh, it was hot. And you're, you know, you're on a track, then you're on an incline, you're on a decline, and you're like, this sucks. And if you missed, if you had to do six of them and you missed one, you had to be there at six more, six o'clock in the oh, morning yeah. the next day with Coach Rob doing six more. It was awful. All the other KU grads get excited about walking down the Campanile oh, for I hate graduation. That hill. Yeah, we hate that hill because we had to hill. run up it thousands I've, of times. I vomited a lot on that <laughs> ho- on that hill, but but you said it best. Uh, it's so much about being mentally prepared because if they had it at four o'clock in the afternoon, like the time we practice, totally different. But like you said, you're, you're, you're uneasy. You're thinking about, I got to get up and they're going to run me until I puke and whatever. But how many times when we were going through conditioning, do we have a teammate, whether it was me, you, or someone else where you had to like kind of hold them up and get them to go and fight through something they've never fought through before and that's all it is. Yeah, that's yeah, again, part of not, it too. They're all in good shape. Mm-hmm. They all they all can run fifty miles in a day. But can they do the quick twitch stuff? And can they do it when they think they're beat? Like when you're down fifteen in the national championship game. Part of the the moxie and the the attitude that you're going to come back and win is built in September and October, and so. It's not just Bill Self giving a speech and say, do better. It's a culmination of things throughout many, many months. It's teammates like you that grab guys and get them to, to realize that they can fight through it. They're not going to die. I mean, they're, they're going to be able to fight through it. 
Yeah, no, and it's true. It's it's one of the things that is really ingrained in you during that week or that that two week stretch. Is you know the worst thing you can do for yourself is to turn inward and to start thinking about yourself. Okay. Meaning, I got to get through this all by myself, or or it's about me making my times. And if the guy to the right or the left of me doesn't make his time, it doesn't matter. I made my time. Well, that is out of the equation because if the guy to the right or to the left of you doesn't make his time, nobody makes Everybody. their time. Yeah. And everybody has to reset that thing. And uh, and then, of course, you talk about peer accountability. You know, got to make sure that your roommate's awake and make sure that he's yeah. there on time. And don't miss class during boot camp, all right, because that's just going to that's gonna add on to it. Uh, but but to your point, and I love that you, you, you brought it up, as you think about the dog days of conference play, when we get into late February, early March, and, and the deciding factor is between a one- or two-game lead on the road – uh, for a Big 12 championship or, or, or it's a, a first-round tournament game and it's overtime or whatever, they point back to those moments yeah. that happened in September when you're going through two-a-days, when you're going through boot camp, when guys are throwing up, got their heads yeah. in trash cans, say, hey, no one's conditioned like we have before. No one is as mentally tough as we are. And they use that to leverage themselves all the way months later when the high stakes are on the line to really be able to push through and to, and to come out victorious. Well, it's kind of like they, they've utilized the Navy SEAL training program every once in a while. They'll bring guys in and, and just throw everybody in a pool with like a hooded sweatshirt on and jeans and say, this guy can't swim. How are you going to figure out how to get him out? And it's problem solving. It's teamwork. It's how are we going to do something that we have absolutely no idea how to do? And, and, and you talked to some guys that went through that. They learned a lot about each other and as a team to get, I think it was David McCormick who, you know, the, Tyler and Evan or whoever did it had to get them out of the pool. And they were like, this is a 265-pound man. How am I going to – and they figure it out. And so, so much and, – and I know we're concentrating on basketball, but every single sport – has the same type of deal. It's true. We, we, we sensationalize boot camp because it's Kansas basketball. Same stuff happening at football. Same stuff happening at volleyball. Everything happens like this, and they all point to certain things. And, you know, if they don't point to it, that means that they're not having a good year and, and they're, they're done with it. I mean, it's the ones that really care that look back to September or February or whatever to say, hey, we grinded through that. We can grind through this. And the ones that don't say that are the ones that probably aren't going to be very successful. Well, all the great coaches have adopted this at some capacity where you make your preparation for championship moments significantly harder than the championship moment itself so that when you find yourself in it, you're not surprised. You're not overwhelmed. Your confidence isn't shaken, but you've prepared in such a way where you're like, we, we're ready for this moment. And to provide a little levity to this conversation doesn't apply in fantasy camp because you can't <laughs> tell the guy who's hung over from hanging out with me at Johnny's West, like, hey, remember September when you were yeah, – no, it doesn't work. That's the only thing that, that. – fantasy it's camp is the only that. outlier that doesn't work <laughs> in this discussion. But once again, champion Wayne Simeon of the 11th, Fantasy, Bill Self Fantasy Camp. So, uh, did you get did you get on the ladder and cut a piece of the net? Yeah, I got a T-shirt that said up. championship on it. Got up on the ladder. matter of fact, I think that's actually the first time that I've cut down nets in Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. Now, now we've seen a lot of championships won there, but in conference championship wise, we don't really get up on ladders anymore. I don't 
Yeah, I don't think I. I don't know. I had to look back. Yeah, if but we ever cut that and kudos to to our women's basketball program because when they won the WNIT last season, they got a chance to get up there and do it. And I was thinking, like, wait yeah. a minute, man, like how special is this? Not many people have been able to stand up on a ladder and cut down nets in I, the most historic college basketball venue. I'm gonna have to look back. In my four years, we won three out of the four. How many did you win? Three. Three out of four. Three out of four. What year did you lose? Let's see, we lost uh, my junior year. That was Coach Self's first year, 03. We lost to, I want to say, Oklahoma State. But made the Elite Eight, lost to Georgia Tech in an overtime game in St. Louis. Uh, But, yeah, I remember uh, we lost my junior year as well in Missouri. I hate saying their name. But they went 14-0 that year, and we did not win it. So that's all. It's the only time we're ever going to mention them. Okay. Well, hopefully there'll be plenty more championships won by Jayhawks in the in the field house and, and plenty more to be claimed. A lot going on. Volleyball in Texas Friday and Saturday night. Thanks to Ray Bouchard for joining us today on the Jayhawker Podcast. Football Saturday afternoon at 2.30. Pack the booth. BYU coming to town with their drove of fans, hopefully all wearing blue so we can't single them out. Hopefully we don't see them cheer very much. That would mean we are putting it on them. So, Saturday, Parents Weekend, get your butts to the booth, pack it, support our guys, have fun on the hill. It's 2.30, Bloody Mary's at the wheel. After, wherever you want to go, let's celebrate, have a good time, and uh, move on to 4-0 with a big one the following week at Texas. And they're, they're, uh, they're out there right now. Texas went to Alabama, knocked them off a couple weeks ago. They're in the top five right now, I believe. But – what happened the last time we played in Austin, Texas? We were able to get Lance Leipold's first road conference win in Austin. But first things first, BYU are let's let's welcome them and just like just like every time I go to Morgantown, people are super nice. Hey, welcome to Morgantown. We really love that you're here. Anything we can do for you? You and, and I must be in different parts of Morgantown. I've never been. But then <laughs> they beat our ass, or at least they have consistently. And they're like, and then they, hey, thanks for coming. So let's do that to BYU. Hey, welcome to the league. Welcome to Lawrence. Welcome to the booth. And then afterwards, say, hey, good try, bud. Gosh, I hate that. I hate when people do that. I rather kind of, just kind I'd rather them just cuss me out kind of on the bu- all the way out of the bus on the way out. You've I, not I, had those town. experiences in Morgantown. Those people are very gushers. I, have, at I least do remember it from Nebraska. They are the most like patronizing people. Hey, it was nice, <laughs> particularly around football. When I'll go up there for for, well, yeah. for a football game. Hey, man, it's gonna, no, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear that. Just, well, another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, along with the Hilton President Downtown Hotel. Philip Strenad and his folks do such a great job. Get down there for concerts. Big 12 tournament, Wichita State, December 30th. Call the President Hotel. Stay and play. We'll have a good time. Wayne and I will meet you in the drum room for a couple of drinks on an off day. What do you think? Sounds good. Let's do it. Jayhawker Podcast, University of Kansas Health System, Craig Gurley, Wayne Simeon, Rock Chalk.